Welcome to the Gill Athletics Connections podcast, the number one track coach focused podcast in the world. From time to time, we like to bring you rebroadcasted value added podcast episodes, some little bonus material, if you will, in between our awesome interviews from coaches around the world. This is just great friends of ours, the Athletics LLC, hosted by Marissa Chu, featuring Mouse Holloway, Chris Huffins, and Charles Ryan. This is a great gang. They operate on YouTube on Friday nights. You got to go be subscribed. We're so blessed that they would let us give you the audio version. So without further ado, Athletics LLC. You are tuned in. To Athletics Double LC yeah, 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 yeah. with Lamar, uh-huh. Lucius, uh-huh. Big League Chew, yeah. and my man Clyde. <laughs> you are about to be schooled in all things track and field. This is experience. Yes, sir. We are talking past, past present, present, future. future. Y'all listen up. Let's go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Athletics LLC. So, I'm going to get it right this week. We are in episode 45, not 44, nor 46, 45. (laughs) I will claim that as my own mistake. My bad. Um, But welcome, welcome one all, one and all. Um, If you haven't noticed already, we've got a fifth tile with us this week. So we are super excited to have this lovely woman with us. Honestly, like couldn't be more excited all week to have you on. So thank you so much for joining us, Miss Aretha Thurman. Um, if you wouldn't mind giving a quick um, bio of yourself, because I am not going to cheat you of your title. I, w- I was listening and then I didn't get it right already. <laughs> yeah. So uh, which title? Um, I'm a mom. All that of title. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yes. All of them. Right. My baby giant. Um, uh, I currently in my day job work for USA Track and Field as the uh, managing director of international teams. Prior to that, I spent many years in competing in the sport of track and field. Um, that led me to four Olympic teams, of which my first one was with uh, Lamar. Yes, it was. <laughs> my dominoes, buddy. So um, there you have it. I was a discus thrower. Yeah. I love it. I yes. love it. I know. I, I wonder, I do wonder sometimes if people realize what you do, your adult job is. You know, <laughs> they knew what your play job was, but I do wonder if sometimes people realize what your adult job is. So, well, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. Um, as always, we're joined by the three lovely gentlemen. Uh, this evening, I will start with the birthday boy, Clyde. Happy birthday to you, sir. It's your birthday. It's your birthday. It's your birthday. Oh, goodness. Without that. Yeah. No, you can't. We'll leave Listen, that, everybody's we'll leave that birthday to needs to have everybody's birthday needs to have some Luther Campbell in it. Oh my gosh. No. Sir Lucius, save us. How are you, sir? I am wonderful. And I would like to wish, you know, uh, welcome Clyde to the big 4-0 club. Very, uh, right. 4-0. You know, uh, very, very happy for you. And uh, I'm sure that uh, you'll do as well at 40 as you did at 30 and 20. So I'm sure it's going to be good. But you're almost getting to the point where nobody's gonna ask you why your hair's gray. Yeah, no, nah, that's that, that's been <laughs> happening since I was a teen. I'm, I suggest that's probably gonna keep on rolling. <laughs> see, soon you're gonna be old enough. Nobody's gonna ask. It's gonna be like it's gonna be normal. Well, see, oh I'm gonna see. I'm not gonna be quite Brooks Johnson here. Oh my goodness! But when you when you're that pretty, nobody cares how old you are, right? I mean, Tell that's me. so that's so true. 
You know, I just one day I want to live one day in the life of Cl- of, of Clyde. Just, I want to oh walk in the room and have all have all the girls be like, "Ooh, clutch <laughs> <laughs> the pearls, clutch the down. pearls." I, you know, I, I know, you know, I don't have cl- oh. pearl clutching. I mean, uh, pearl clutching, uh, you know, skills. Okay, so big league. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> and the you man with it. all the words is Lamar, yeah, the, Avenger. the Avenger, huffing nigga. Huffnagel? You cannot say it. It's Huffnagel. I've tried three times. I can't do it. Oh my God. (laughs) Oh my goodness. See, I got this my this my Avengers hat. He's fighting somebody. What do we have for Miss Aretha? I know. Let's let's keep this ball rolling. (laughs) Miss Aretha, we got a question for you. So as a very high-ranking female in the sport, what do you see as the greatest obstacles? to there being more high-ranking females. What do you think can be done to help foster for there being more females in power positions? Yeah, that is um, a really important question. I think it's really important, I think, especially for our young female athletes as they grow in the sport and, and are exposed to other opportunities. So there's a there's a couple ways I'll answer that, I, I but I wanna say that my, my upbringing, I think what, what allowed me to, to choose this path was I was around a lot of influential, powerful women and didn't realize it. Um, so for example, when I was at the University of Washington, we had a female athletic director mm. and our assistant athletic director was a female. And that's how I walked into sports. So although all of my uh, particular coaches may have been a male, like my discipline coaches, um, I very much saw successful women in the sport of athletics. So I didn't really realize how rare it was um, until I moved on later, you know, and then I saw how few women were head coaches or how few women were sport administrators. Um, and I think one of the, the big keys, I think, is one, education, um, letting our athletes know or as they're growing up that you can pursue these careers, it is possible. Um, So I think there's just a need for education. And then I also think there's a need for mentors and advocates. I think almost all of the the women head coaches that I know in the sport of track and field, someone has pushed them into that position. And I also think someone has also advocated um, for them. So I know as women, as we continue to grow, I think it's our responsibility to also to continue to mentor, advocate, and kind of like, you know, hand up, hand down, right? You know, like as Mm -hmm. you're going up, you got to take somebody with you. And I think as long as more of us can, can take that role, I think we can, I think we can, we can get more women interested in some of these opportunities that they might not think they would enjoy, or even know that's available. Aretha, why do you Go think ahead. that, why do you think that, because I, I agree with you that a lot of people don't really understand the opportunities that are available, that are out there. Why do you think that that, that information is having such a hard time getting out? Well, I, I think for a lot of people, you just, we've never seen women in those roles, right? I mean, I think for a lot of women, you know, your, 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 your athletic directors, your coaches, your trainers, like, the support staff, you know, um, the the coaching staff, then you look at, you know, sport administrators across the board. And it's like, if you only see 
uh, a male dominant workforce, it's hard to, to know sometimes that there is an opportunity for women. And I, you know, I think we're seeing it in, in other aspects, right? Whether it's a female referee in the NFL or a female referee, you know what I mean? In, in, in the NBA and stuff like, so I think we're, we're seeing it, but it's not as, I don't think it's not as, it's not as visible to know that it's an option. I think to me, one of the things that women um, it's easier to think you can do it when you see someone else like you in the role. And I think, and I think that's something that gets lost a lot. I, I often look at the landscape of things and you see that, okay, there's now, there's females doing everything, right? So when it gets to the point where it's like, well, she's the first female to do this or she's a female doing that. Well, she's just a person doing her job. You know, when we get to that point, then I think we'll be better off. But the problem is now the questions always ask, well, can a female do the job? Well, you never know until you give the female a chance. Chance. Correct. Well, yeah. For me, I just think it's it's very interesting that like, I mean, just on this show currently, we have two pretty powerful females in the sport of track and field, and it always amazes me how few females glom to people like either one of you, right? Like, they have it easier than you guys did, right? Like, there wasn't an Aretha. When Aretha, I mean, I was on, the, I, I've, I've been lucky enough to know Aretha since she was 18 years old, right? There wasn't an Aretha for her to try to become. We were on Olympic teams together. Like, they, you know what I mean? Like the, the people who were in, in the front of those meetings were not female. And, but now there is. And Aretha's, this, she, this, ain't her, this ain't her first day on the job. Like she's had this job for a minute. And every time I, I, I listen to and I talk to young coaches, especially young female coaches, they try to act like it's like 1985. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like there are people and it's not just Amy and not just Carol, you know what I mean? Like, like there are a lot of powerful females doing wonderful things in our sport. But I think sometimes like the younger generation is like waiting for y'all to call them up. Mm -hmm. I hope that's not the case. Cause look, I, as, as, as a male who tries as hard as I can to advocate for females and to be a conduit to raise them from le one level to another, one of the things I try to do as best I can is introduce them to people like you two. Because I don't want to be, like, I never want to have credit for, like, helping elevate a female. Like, I want to just introduce you to the person you should be trying to be or be like or be better than. Does that make any sense? Yeah, and that's, that's to me, I think that's where those mentors and advocates come in. You know, sometimes you got to come in and spend some time with someone. Hey, here's the things I learned along the way. Here's some obstacles you're probably gonna face, but you have the resume. Sometimes it's, it's, it's almost like confidence building, right? Yeah. You have the resume, you have the ability, you can do it. You're just as good as that other person. And like you have to, there's a buildup that has to happen. And then I still think there's an advocacy that has to happen along the way too, because just because you are maybe a, uh, an accomplished female, you know, and you have a great resume, doesn't mean you're going to necessarily get the nod over an accomplished guy. So see, there's still, there's still that battle. And so that's where having those advocates and Chris, that's where you would be an advocate, right? Like, sure, you can have another female mentor, another female, but then if you become an advocate and there is an opening, you pick up the phone and you call and say, Hey, 
I know you've got this opening. You really could, should consider this young woman here because she's solid. It's it's that it's that it's a it's kind of circular in that I think you need both. Agreed. Agreed on all counts on that one. That was yeah. Yeah. we need that to just replay. I might clip that and just put that on every social media out there possible. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably that's pro that's probably a tight clip right there. That was that, was that is well honestly. Um, I'm going to go in. I I had given you a different order of questions, but this is this is a better segue if I go this way. Um, beyond what you just said, what, if any, advice or counsel would you give a young female in the sport, coach or athlete, that would be helpful in their chosen career? Yeah, I would say from, <clears throat> from an athlete side, I, I again, I'm, I'm a proponent of this, but I think it's great for an athlete to find a mentor, preferably an older athlete, experienced athlete in the sport that you can lean on. Um, ask the questions that you might be afraid to ask your coach, but you would ask a mentor. Um, I think, you know, encouraging our young athletes as they grow in the sport, you know, to, to do internships, to take advantage of these opportunities that come their way. If you get a chance to, you know, interview someone who is on a career path that you're interested in, you know, I think spending that time, because we all know the reality of sports, they come to an end. And so while you're in it, are you maximizing your opportunity? They use the word now platform, but it's, it's bigger than that. Are you maximizing your network and the opportunity so that when you go to make that transition from sport, you're not, it's not like the rugs just being pulled out from under you. So I think having those honest conversations, because you know, as athletes, we're invincible, right? We're going to compete forever. We're never going to have to retire. And that's not true, right? So, you know. So kind of having that, and then, you know, I was fortunate to have a long career. I don't think I retired until I was like 37. But in order to do that, right, like I had to take care of my body. I had to pay attention to my nutrition. I had to pay attention to my sleep, all the things that these coaches harp on, right? Like that's one of those things that can make or break your experience and how long you're able to stay in the sport. And then at the end of the day, I would tell any athlete, this is not possible without hard work, period. Mm -hmm. Oh, please say um, that again for real loud for people <laughs> in the back. Because there, there's so many hard people who think that there's a, there's a finite amount of work that's necessary to do things. And I keep saying the amount of work necessary is the amount of work that's necessary. Like I can't give you a number. There's not a number of throws or lifts or jumps. Like it's however many it takes plus three. Well. And it's more than, and, and that's the, the other part that people don't realize, like, yes, it's the weight room hours. Yes, it's your event-specific training. Yes, it's also your mental training. Yes, it's also your nutritional training. Yes, like it's, 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 it never stops. And then when you're away from the athletic part, now it's getting the massage, it's getting the ice bath, it's doing the, it's doing the recovery stuff, it's stretching. It's like, you know, and then if you're planning on having a second career, then what are you doing to work towards your building up your resume while you know what I mean so it's like it it, it takes hard work <laughs> Aretha I'd like to dial in on, on the first part of what you said there because I find it really really interesting I agree that the younger athletes should look to the older generation of athletes but people who are still in the sport and you know try to adapt some kind of mentorship with them but I rarely see that do you think that in our sport, the reason that that is, is because of the, you know, 
a hunger games aspect that we are all under like in the nfl or the nba you see that stuff happening all the time because everybody's eating well but in our sport it's almost like people are scared or don't want to you know give somebody that little nugget or or ask it from someone else because you literally that, that might be the person who who's you know plate you need to take away like do you think that's a part of the fear of it um i think in some event areas it might be a little more organic and in others it's like you said it's 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 an individual sport it's a doggy dog world i gotta eat um you figure it out but i think in some events um it's a little more organic so for my example i would say so i was a younger athlete but i also had someone like a connie price smith to look up to now she was a shot putter and I was a discus store, but it didn't matter. I could ask her like, okay, what's it like to be on the circuit? What do I need to pack? Uh, how do I prepare? You know, and so, you know, I, I could lean in and she was willing to, to lean into me as well. So then you fast forward and you can ask Michelle Carter, should tell you this, like you know, 2008, like I had to take her under my wings. Cause I was like, and, and it's just a funny story, but she showed up with like four suitcases. Oh. And anybody who's ever traveled and then you pick up more. So we had something to talk about it. It's so funny. So now when I see her, she'd be like, Aretha, you'd be so proud of me. I came with a carry on. Like <laughs> it's, it's a, it's the small example, but it's that type of um, mentorship that in some cases it's happening organically because there's enough of us that are like, I see your ability and talent and I don't want you to get sucked up into something wrong. So let me give you some snippets, whether it's you need tax advice, you need, you know what I mean? You, you need to look into some Absolutely. different things, some, some different time management um, type awareness. But then I think in, in other events, to your point, it's so competitive that it's like, well, you took my lane, yeah, right? right? So I really can't fool with you because I got to eat and you got to eat. So we're just, you can call it rivals or we're just not even going to really be friends. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to to delve into 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 one thing that I, I just gotta ask. Like, talk talk about the the mental fortitude necessary to make four Olympic teams. <laughs> like, I I made two. I for sure would have made three if I wanted to compete anymore, and I for sure had no chance of making a fourth. There's no chance. And it, I wouldn't even have competed for a fourth. And I don't think people understand, they, in theory, understand like it takes sacrifice to make an Olympic team. But if you make an Olympic team four times, like you had to live a life to, to do that. And I, and the reason I bring it up is, and, and I know that like Aretha will never, she'll never say these kind of things, but like these teams get assembled and the young ladies look at Aretha as an administrator. Right. They never realize like, no, 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 no. She's been on four teams. Like she's been there, done everything you're about to try to do. Like, damn the title. Like she's you know, about all these bad words that try to come out my mouth. I'm trying not to say, but <laughs> she's a boss. Right? Like at the end of the day, like she's like the, you know, the female version of like Jim Brown shows up. Like when she shows up, you listen. If she starts talking, you should feel like you're blessed. But they act like, you know, well, she works in the she works in Indianapolis in the USA office and she hands out uniforms. I'm like, what is wrong with y'all? 
And so I want you, because you never talk about that. You don't. And I get it. But like, I, I want you to share with the world, like, what that took. Like, you know, like what that's like being a four-time Olympian and a mom. Right. I, I, I think it's kind of one of those things that while you're doing it, it's what you do. Like you're living it and it just becomes a part of you. And so sometimes it's hard to like separate out. I think as an athlete, I think uh, the limit sometimes of athletes is to have that long lens to really, to really dial back and say, okay, what all is this really taking? You know, but if you, but while you're doing it, you realize like, yes, you're, you're missing weddings. You're missing funerals. You might be missing graduations. And, and a lot of it is the time of the year. It's like, uh, sorry, I have to go to a meet. I can't, I can't do these things. And so right. it's, it's the, it's not even just the level of sacrifice. It's the level of commitment um, that it really takes. And so one of the things I try to tell people is yes, I was blessed to make four Olympic teams, but I also had the pain of missing an Olympic team. So one of the things that carry with me is yes, I was blessed as, as a baby to make that 96 Olympic team. And I came back better than ever in 2000. Still to this day, the furthest throw to not make a team, 63 meters for fourth place, okay? It hurt, it hurt. And so I think to that point, when you're trying to accomplish a goal, sometimes the pain is the motivator because you never wanna feel that again. So then you're willing- oh, Amen right to put in the work you know we and 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 you guys as coaches you know like a lot of it we learn from our failures and so each time it's like i would finish each season and say okay like try to really truly evaluate myself how did i do was i fully committed did i give every workout my everything where where did i fall short um and how can i improve so i constantly try to look for those like areas of weakness and say, okay, how can I make those stronger? Where were the failures? How can I make those better? Because I knew the things that I was good at and I was good at those things, but there were some things where I'm like, no, I can make some improvements here. And it was just constantly trying to get sharper and sharper every year. And then, I mean, next thing you know, it's just like, you're just in it. And, it, you know, and then I love, I'll be honest, I loved competing. I still love competing. I just compete differently now. So, I think that's also something that that kept my passion and my fuel alive to like kind of take that hard look in the mirror every year and say, did you do everything that you knew you could do? What can you do better this next season? How can you add on? Love it. Love all of that. So <laughs> let's let's let you uh, not think as hard anymore. We, we've, give, we've given you two pretty mental questions. Um, who is the greatest field athlete ever, in your opinion? That ain't exactly an easy question. I was going to say, that ain't <laughs> it's easy fun. It's a fun question. It, it is, it, you know what, it's a fun question, and it's, and it's funny because I've actually had this question recently, like in the last few years, and so when I, when I kind of look at it, you know, again, you know, I always have to give my nod, you know, to the legends, um, to the ones that came before and the ones who just did some things that, you know, shook people, you know? And so um, I know it's gonna sound weird as a, as a discus thrower, I'm probably supposed to give my nod to a thrower, but um, I, I have to give the nod to Jackie Joyner-Kersey. Um, 
I just think as a field event athlete, as a multi and a long jumper and what? For six Olympic medals, I think. Like, I mean, it's just, I, I don't know. I just, and, and I think it's more than that. I think it, as I got older and I got to kind of see her later in her career too, and then post-career, just to really also understand her humanitarian efforts and her willingness to like get back into her community. And you know, like, I, I don't know, I just, I, it's, it's, hard for, it's hard for me to find someone else in the field events better than JJK. But hey, I'll, I'll, I mean, there's four more boxes here. So, you know, <laughs> we could debate this for a minute. I know, right? I well, I'll it. say, I'll say you are now in the, her ranks as well. I don't know how much weight it holds, but of, of Athletics LLC alumni, because she has been on with us as well. So you both carry that title, those titles. It's good company. It is. I, I want to hear Sir Lucius's answer to this. He's been uh, amazingly quiet tonight. <laughs> I, I've just been enjoying. I mean, uh, I, I think for me, as far as the greatest, I mean, it's, it's Jackie. And it's not hands down for me. And, and I mean, um, not just what she did on the on the track, what she did off of it, the way she carries herself. I mean, she's just such an ambassador for the sport. And I just. I've never seen anybody just make something so great look so easy. I mean, you just, you come down and you jump 24 feet and it, look, it looks like you just jogged down the runway, you know? And then, um, you know, and you know, you know that you're good when you set a record and then you have to give the record a name so you have something to chase, right? Like, so like, like you look like, no, nobody else can beat me. I'm not worried about you folks. But I, I think they called it like Esmeralda or something. I don't know what it was, but something crazy like that. And so they, they gave the world record a name so they could chase the world record. So that just alone speaks to Jackie's greatness for me. So yeah, it's Jackie, not even close. Go ahead, uh, Chu. Oh. Yeah, uh, let's go, Chu. What you got? Well, I was going to say, It's JJK off top, so I was trying to give something else <laughs> because that, I didn't want it to be a universal answer. Um, but I don't think I can. I don't think I can go anywhere else. Like, well played. Well, I mean, I mean, it's hard though because they're like, well, see, now look, just be careful because we're going back to this relay stuff again. I know, I know, <laughs> I know, I know. JJK, right? just fall in line. Just, stick, stick just, to just stay there. You're girl. good. You're you're no, firma. Well, and just having grown up watching her, she being in the limelight when I was growing up, not even in track and field it, I didn't get into track and field until high school. Um, and just seeing that greatness and, you know, being able to see all these victories and just the, uh, the aura that was around her. She always seemed like she had a glow, always. And so that exuded so much for being a female athlete when we didn't have so many to grow up watching. And then two, just her presence. So that is my answer. Um, I'll, I'll, let, I'll let Lamar, uh, you know, run anchor on this one. I don't know why. I think it's just kind of built into our, our DNA in this sport. When you say field event athlete, at least for me, my brain always goes to the multi and justifiably so. 
And so if my brain is going to the multi, there is only obviously one answer, it's Jackie. Um, so, you know, it's rare that we get a universal agreement here, but I, I dare Lamar <laughs> to give a different answer. I don't think that's coming. Uh, so we are all, you know, in agreement that, that it is JJK. Yeah, because so, if so you say all, something else, wherever you're saying don't yeah. eat pizza, we're going to send you there to eat it. He's, yeah, well, he's, by all he's going with a European. Utah. There's a European. <laughs> well, I'll uh, leave it to the multi-guy to, to disagree with the rest of us. <laughs> well, look, first of all, uh, I, I'm going to give an answer of both genders just, just so we have a not contrary answer. But another answer. Now, hold on a second. Clearly. No, we, hold on a second. We didn't ask you for all that. Just give me. I know you didn't. You know what? Hey, I'm the EP. Sometimes I get to take advantage. Cheating. Uh, listen, you do. No, I'm not going to cheat. But I, okay, but I'm sorry. I'm I, I, please forgive me for interrupting. Go ahead and give your answers. For no, you're good. I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, <laughs> there, there's very few people in our sport that we know by one name, right? And, and Carl and Jackie are, are those kind of people. And, and look, in all deference to our order and four Olympic gold medals in four, in four separate Olympics, like Carl won all the meets between those two. I had a very long track and field career. And in the long jump, I saw Carl lose once. And in, the, and in track and like in the field events, I saw Jackie lose once. So at the end of the day, like there really isn't a contest and I would never compare those two people. Um, but clearly to, to everybody's point, like I, I think Jackie just has to be the answer. Um, and if there was a male answer, I would give it to Carl. But, you know, I, I look at what, what Jackie did in our sport and I, and I think it's like, she put certain things so far out there that like in baseball, there's a few records that like nobody chases, like the, the wins record. It's 511 wins, right? 20, 20 wins in a year is a tremendous amount. If you won 20, won 20 wins in a year for 25 straight years, that's still only 500, which makes you 11 short. Like you could score 7,100 points in the heptathlon and you're still like, like Jackie's still jogging in the eights. You don't have to run real hard, <laughs> right? So like at the end of the day, like, her individual marks sound ridiculous. She's like six four and some chains in the high jump, twelve sixty or something in the in the hurdles, uh, twenty four eleven I think it is or eleven in a fraction in the long jump. It just it's just ridiculous. And you know, and this is all with asthma, by the way, <laughs> like and bad asthma. So you know, like look. You want to give a lot of people a lot of people credit, but unfortunately, they all have bad birthdays because they had to compete in and around Jackie. <laughs> it's not fair. Life's not fair. Oh well. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, Miss Aretha, thank you so much for your time tonight. We will let you move on and, and snuggle up. It is it's cold in Indiana, so we know. <laughs> I know. I had to put my hoodie on. I was like, I'm getting cold. <laughs> Well, Great seeing you, boss lady. Yes. Thank Great you so much you again. Thank you for Thanks all for your good me. work. Appreciate it. Miss uh, Aretha, you know having, we love you. Hey, I love you guys too. Keep having fun with the show. Honored to have uh, been a guest and made it uh, into uh, the first year. So appreciate <laughs> that. Um, and uh, yeah, have a good evening. Thanks, you too. All right. We'll Thank see you around you. the track have a good soon. Night.
Yes, ma'am. Right. Yes, ma'am. Oh, no. No, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> oh. All right. I feel like we should take Jackie out of those contests. <laughs> yeah, except for her. Yeah, you, 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 can do the, you can do the second best ever. That's, that's right? a different conversation. <laughs> right? Has to be noted, though. Kind of like, like, you know, the quarterback conversation and all that. Oh, stuff. Gina. Oh, here, oh, oh, here Gina. we go. We'll save that you for know last. What? Uh, look, I'm prepared to, to I'm not going <laughs> to actually get on my knees, but I am going to genuflect all hail to Tom Brady and all of his Brady supporters led none other by the 40 year old man on the screen. <laughs> he had to throw that in there. Put that on timeout. Hold on, we're getting there. We're not there yet. Cause we got to talk about all this craziness that has been going around on the oval and the sand and in the rings and all that. Cause track is back and we need to, we need to acknowledge all these, these ludicrous times and marks that have been put up. Oh my Gina. So, well, I, I just I want to jump in there first because I know that Sir Lucius is not going to talk about it, but I'll just say this: um, Flamingo is doing Flamingo things. Um, uh, you know, I saw some ridiculous idiot decided to try to to explain on the internet why Colin Jackson's seven thirty. Like basically, why Flamingo hasn't run faster because he doesn't clear the hurdle far enough, and I, and then, and then there was actual proof that that's not quite true. And I laughed because I happened to know Flamingo's coach, and he said he gave him a B plus. So at the end of the day, like, listen, Colin, I love you. You were you were a great hurdler, but uh, you know, your records on borrowed time clearly, and uh, you know, look, there are an innumerable amount of ridiculous things that, are, that have gone on in the last week or so in track and field. And I'm definitely not going to take up any more of them. I'll just say the two things I wanted to say, which is, uh, again, congratulations to Flamingo for making the uh, ESPN Sports Center top 10 uh, in a non-Olympic year without, without, a, without a world record. We're getting there. Right. And two, um, these high school kids are no joke. <laughs> And all you pros better recognize because these high school kids are coming for that ass. Oh, my Gina. They are. Micah's, wa Micah's watching behavior, sir. Micah, I am so sorry. <laughs> They're coming for their bottoms. Okay, so, so, I, ahead, I, I'm, so, so I, I'm gonna give a big shout out to Miss Moo. Uh, I mean, like. Because <laughs> every week. It's right. just like, yeah, like she steps on the track and she just says, okay, I'm just going to do something special this week. And the wonderful thing about it is it's like, it's just her childlike, you know, uh, joy in all the things that she's doing. You know, there's no bravado. There's no, it's just like, I, this is what I'm supposed to do. And I'm having fun doing it. And it's just, it's been, it's been a, a, a treasure to watch. It really has. I mean, just the, the, the 50.4, um, I'm still trying to figure out how that's a, world junior mark when Sid clearly was 18 or so when that happened. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah can, that... can we pause there for a second? Can, can we get into that? Because th there's there's something funny going on and, and we talk about everything else. Taking nothing away from Miss Moo, who is, oh my God, phenomenal. I mean, back to back to back, six is the eight, now it's the four at 50 points. She's incredible. But I'm sorry, we all watched 
and I and we've all done the math. Sidney McLaughlin was a junior by yeah. all legal distinction when she ran 50.3 at the NCs just a few years ago. Now, yeah. how all of a sudden that's no longer a junior world record, and this is is weird to me, but I think we I might have figured it out. And if I'm right about this, it's, it's really a track, track ratification. It's really uh, no. What no. I what I think happened is, and I'm, I'm looking for Lucius for uh, for for clarity here, because I don't think Michael Norman's 400 world record is ratified either. And if they're not ratified because of lack of drug testing on site on the days that these things happen, uh, that is positive. ridiculous. But but the drug but the drug the drug testing was there. The NCA always drug tests, so that wasn't it. Do they always drug no, test? No, the NCAA though? doesn't always drug test. They absolutely don't. Okay, They're so supposed to do. Hold on. Hold on to your diaper. <laughs> I have had the pleasure of coaching someone who's done something silly at an NCAA championship. When there's yeah. a record broken, they test them immediately. And the well, track bring somebody in to ratify the track. Well, Okay. Well, we need we need we need somebody to 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 figure this out for us because we <laughs> right, can do it, Sid's birthday math, so we know right. it's not age. And we all saw Michael Norman run, and we saw the clock stop, so we know it ain't that. But we right. do need a, we do need an understanding as to why these records are not ratified in records because uh, we need some answers. And uh, we need world, it fixed. world athletics. Yeah. We, we need it corrected. Well, see, and, and the crazy thing is, is yeah. like it was listed as Sid until until Miss Moo did what she did, and then, right. That, that's the weird. That's, that's the weird. Thing, thing. Yeah. It, it's yeah. all very strange. But see, to, either to, there was a problem, yeah. but if there was a problem with ratification, then it should have never been listed there in the first place. Right. So we so need answers listed there in the first place. So either there's something amiss here, or somebody's public math skills are horrible. <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> so, Not this time. So to 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 Lamar's point, um, in, in, as far as the ATL series is going, the, the stars of the ATL series number three were the kids. I mean, the kids stole the show at ATL series number three from the mile record uh, to Miss Jackson in her sprints. Like, the kids were phenomenal all over the place and, and props to them. But the the on the grown people side, and, and I loved every minute of what what got aired of the competition, but I love the Twitter even more. <laughs> okay, so I'm, I'm, gonna inter I'm gonna interrupt you. So right. I went to my I went to my informational source, and the NCA did not drug testing like that year. So it wasn't mm. right. And there it is, and that is ridiculous. That so is that means two world records lost. So it's two world records lost there. No, no, a world record and a world best. Three, right? Three, yeah. the Three. the wow. best. The four by yeah, four. Two, four by four. Yeah, two world records and a world best. Right. So, so the so the best indoor championship ever, the NCAA chose, I'm sure for money reasons, not to show up with the drug testing, and we don't have three records ratified. Well, see, and, and, and it's weird That's because crazy. in the past when records were broken, like you just, like you just call somebody up and they come drug test. So I don't know why that wasn't. That's really weird. That's correct. And, and, and what I've, unfortunately, I've tried to explain this to certain people in our sport, right? Like, the sad part is the onus of that ends up being on the athlete and their 
handlers or institutions, right? If you go to a meet and you perform at better than anything that's ever been done, and there is not mandatory drug testing for you, it then becomes your job and your people's job to get you drug tested by an actual testing firm within 24 hours. Right. And, and that's, so, that's so insanity in our sport, but it's true. That That is absolutely insanity. And, and, and the, the most ironic example of that, given everything that's gone on in the past couple of months, is when Christian Coleman first broke the world record indoors at Clemson, he had to take on the responsibility. And to his credit, he did it by going right. all the way to Atlanta, driving 100 miles an hour to get his, to get his <laughs> drug testing done so his world record could be ratified. But it's the it's the NCAA championships. We all understand right. that at the top of D one, you're going to have world class performances. So how can they not have it done? It, that is a failure. That is just an utter failure. That is ridiculous. And so and there's, and like, there's the answer to our question, though. Okay, yes. so let's go back to being happy. So but, so so wait, but, but before we move forward, though, like need to move somebody needs to move on world athletics to, to do something about that like those, yes. those people have to at least they have to at least be listed right right put we can't asterisk, just act like no, they didn't happen right right put an asterisk no drug testing fine because that is what it is right but we're not going to just act like sid didn't run 50.3 and we're not going to just act like mike didn't run 44 57 right it's on tape yeah we've seen it 54 <laughs> 44 as you like to say 44 stupid right like we're, we're not gonna act like those things didn't happen we saw them happen right no that absolutely it's totally ridiculous but let's get back to being happy yes atl series number three marquise dendy put the jump out there it was beautiful the only thing that he's done better since that time is calling everybody out on twitter Mark, if you haven't seen it, get on Twitter. Marquise Dendy has put the whole long jump world on notice. He said that they have added a long jump to ATL Series 4, and he's calling all jumpers out. He said, if you don't show up, you're scared. So all the world long jumpers, no excuses. Find your way to Arkansas in two weeks so we can go watch this thing head to head. It's brilliant. It needs to be done. I'm so glad that he put it out there the way he did. Bravo to you, sir. Marquise Dendy. For sure. Yeah, well to, to, to quote Mr. Dendy, I don't want to hear it's not my training plan. It's I prepare for outdoor. They're not paying. None of that. Pull up <laughs> and let's jump. That's right. All, and, Pull up. and I want all you Euro boys too. Yes. <laughs> to slide overseas. Pull up. <laughs> yes. Pull up. Classic. And, that's my boy 2959 at his best right there. And, 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 Pull and, and up. you know, and we're all like we're all happy to see that and excited about it, but but seriously, because that series exists, Marquise then gets to put up that performance and 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 throw that challenge out. He gets to run his mouth that's this way because exactly. this thing exists, and that's why it's important and that's why it's brilliant. So I love every second of that. And you know, and for those people Brock that you know know Marquise's history and of the injuries he suffered over time, yeah. you know that. If there's no ATL, he has no opportunity to show that he's fit and show that he's ready to jump forward. Yes. And you know, I I just I I just love the opportunity, you know. I love the opportunity. You know, and congrats to Laquan Nairn for for pushing him to that and setting yes. the Bahamian national record. 
like yes. quiet as it's kept. And he's yep, another yep. one that's had a very checkered injury past. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and again, like we're going to continue to give you props, Paul Doyle, because these opportunities are more important than all the other fluff. They're more important than, than, you know, which kit you got on and whether you get paid your full allowance, half your allowance, whatever it is, the opportunity to show that you are ready to do some things is the biggest thing that is being afforded to these people because they get to do it on television. And, and, and we can't miss this because a lot of people have. Listen, Division Two, Ashland University, Trevor Bassett is insane. I don't, know, things. I don't know the background. This kid is nuts. Can we talk about this for a second? As it stands right now, 2085 in the 200, okay? 4527 in the 400, and he's leading the national list in the hurdles. I don't even remember what he ran. It was 760, 761 or 768. Yeah. 768. What is this kid is nuts and he's doing it in these in, at the ATL because they have the opportunities out there. This kid is a monster. Props to Ashland. Ashland's always been one of the top tier programs in Division Two. A phenomenal job. That kid's a monster. And it's Ernie. Ernie Clark is his coach. Yes. So. Shout out to Ernie Clark. Yes. Yes. And I think I think we need to give a, a shout out to the collegiates as a whole. Um, and mm-hmm. there was yeah. some concern out there about how this season was going to go, but that the athletes have shown up and just been phenomenal. Uh, I mean, again, you know what Miss Moo's done. We talk. I think did we talk about the the nine nineteen DMR record a couple of weeks ago? No. You know, I mean, come on. <laughs> we 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 didn't. That was yeah. a. That was the week we missed, but that it's been two meets yeah. since that nine nineteen. Yeah, nine nineteen. Yeah, like that, <laughs> like, like like just what, what, what is that an individual three thousand or something? <laughs> right. No, that's the DMR. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, it was, yeah. it was just 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 insanity across the board, and I just think that, you know, like I think I think in our conference alone, there's five guys that have broken that are, that are forty five five or better in our conference alone. It's just, you know, there's a lot of great marks out there, a lot of great track and field to still come over the next few weeks, and it's going to be fun to watch. But man, it's it's it's, it's been it's been good. It really has. I mean, I I I I love the way you put that, and 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 let's just be frank, right? Like, track and field athletes and track and field coaches are dealing with, they have dealt with greater barriers to success than all the sports that have competed thus far. No, look, no disrespect to football, but they have way more money and they, they are allowed to be able to be much closer to normalcy because of that. But when you have track and field athletes who are used to training in groups and used to training like, you know, like we're going to run three people at a time or four people at a time and very many of those, these training efforts are being done one at a time because we have to keep social distance and all these different things like the sport of track and field has got to be trained differently than it ever has. And these young people are showing up to these meets and their coaches have been showing up on a daily basis and they are putting out these performances. And at the end of the day, that cannot be overstated. 
the incredible job that is being done in the sport of track and field at the high school level, the, the, the two-year level, the four-year level, people are doing dominant things. And obviously the pros, for whatever reason, we always expect pros to show up and do things. But look, they got it worse, if we're going to be honest, right? They, most of them have had their normal training spot because most of them train tethered to colleges. Most of them have had their more normal training spots like closed for more than half the year or close to them. So at the end of the day, like I just want to give a huge shout out and kudos to everybody in track and field at every level, you know, athletes and coaches alike who are just doing the damn thing regardless. Like that's just another obstacle. Okay. So I got to run fast with a mask on. Got it. Got it. So then let's talk about the ATL circuit and what it's going to look like, what it could like, how we want it to look like, how are we going to make it sustainable after the pandemic? Um, you know, Paul spoke to that last week. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it's just, it just needs to, just needs to keep rolling. And we just need to, I think the only thing I have to say about this is that it's clear that Paul has a vision. He has a passion. He has a great focus on what he wants us to do. It's just a matter of, it's like, hey, like, we need more Denny's. Call them out. Show up. You know, pull up. Whatever you want to call it. Let's let's get this done. And I think that as that happens, you know, it's going to get better. So if you if you want to make it better, athletes show up and participate. Um, I, I think, you know, what Paul said last week um, as it relates to the indoor piece of it, honestly, given the success and given the way it's, it's rolling out and, and the performances, I honestly think the indoor piece of it is intact moving forward. I think the mystery of it is what happens to it outside. COVID is its own issue, but outside, I don't think it's easy. I don't think it's as, as clean or as simple to pull off. And so outside, I, I would, I would love to see a scenario where there's, you know, a four to six meet series spread throughout the Southeast and the, uh, and the West coast where people, cause let's, let's be real on, on the, on the professional side of it. You really have some, some main concentrations where most of the athletes are right. Like there's a huge concentration of athletes in Florida. There's a huge concentration of athletes in Texas. There's a huge concentration of athletes in California and outdoors given the months and, and the way the weather is set up, you know, if you could have a Florida meet, an Atlanta meet, a Texas meet and a Cali meet, you know, and mix in some other things, and, but keep it rotational. I think that has an opportunity to show just as good on television in the right venues with the right setup, the new Mount Sac facility, for example, right? Like you, you there's opportunities there. I think Arkansas makes it a lot cleaner because it's a world-class facility, you know it's gonna be there. It, indoors is easier to navigate with that, all of that. I think it's harder to do outside, but I'm sure that, that, that Paul has a vision mapped out for that. And I hope everybody commits to it, uh, like Lucius just said. So I, I, wanna, I, wanna, I wanna like slam that point home that, that both of you both have made about showing up and being committed. And let me just put it in, in, in simple terms. If there is an opportunity to compete in, the, in a meet that's gonna be on television on US soil and you're not gonna get paid for it, they're just gonna fly you in 
and give you the opportunity. That is better for you and better for your brand than flying across the pond to Europe and getting paid $1,500 to be in lane five of a meet that nobody will see unless you win and you put it on you or you put it on your YouTube channel. So I need you right. and all of your people, your handlers to understand that, right? If there is, we who are all older and have been through the trenches understand this. So don't overthink it. If there is an ATL series in the United States, show up and then little kids in this country will know your name. Otherwise, you can take yourself over to Belgium or Portugal or wherever else you're going to go and get sixth place and make $3,000 and no one will know who you are. And at the end of the day, the opportunity to be successful on U.S. soil and on television is an incredibly rare one. So if someone like Paul Doyle and others are doing the hard work to make those opportunities available, you got to tell your people to make sure you're in those meets and show up and be ready. Yeah. And, and can I, can I say something, something else? Cause we're, the, the t point of conversation right now is about the ATL series in general. Um, one of the best parts of this whole experience are the commercials. Yes. Maybe, I, maybe we're just all biased, but as track fans, track commercials hit me a little bit different. I love seeing <laughs> elevate commercials with queen and will. I, I loved the, the, the tumbleweed track club commercial. Like, I don't know how all of that works, but man, if you have a way to get, you know, everybody wants to have a brand. Everybody wants to, to blow up their, their whatever. If you got to put some dollars up to get yourself on a national televised commercial in the middle of this series, man, if you don't go out there, Sunday. like if you don't go out there and do that, like, the, and the commercials are good. It's not like they're lame. <laughs> it's not like they're bootleg, like they're good commercials. So props to Elevate and, and all of that. Like it was dope. I love seeing that. No doubt. I love it. I love it. Um, so switching lanes just a little bit, but still growing it out. Um, what do we see as the greatest obstacles for the Olympics actually happening? And then what are the obstacles for to actually assemble a U.S. team? So Lucius, I don't know if you're going to go first or last on this one. <laughs> uh, he's going to go last. I'm going to jump in. Oh. <laughs> Because I, because honestly, I, I want to, I don't want to be having to think about my, my answer while he's talking. I want to wait and hear his answer. That's why. So I'm being selfish. <laughs> I'm being honest. Um, I think that I think the greatest obstacle to to both of those things is is on. It's the same as the obstacle to to eliminating the, the virus in this country. Like people wearing masks and stop being selfish, right? Like at the end of the day, it's to me, it's gonna be like do what you're supposed to do be inconvenienced slightly, don't go out to restaurants, don't go out to bars, and you'll have opportunities. Because I think the people who are putting these things on are doing all of the right things, right? But, the, but the, you know, look, the, the Olympic Committee in Japan can't make, you know, American sprinters not go to bars. Like, you know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, like they're doing all the things and putting in all the protocols and, and even the, the vaccine is rolling out, I think, fast enough that it, that will even be helpful. Um, so from my perspective, and, and I'll shut up and move on, is I just think it's people not getting complacent now that we're getting a little bit, a little bit of positivity, right? We, we need to keep wearing masks and keep social distancing and keep not 
showing up to bars and 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 nightclubs and Super Bowl parties and all those other wonderful things that we want to do. I I will co-sign all of that. Um, I think complacency, you know, non-discipline are 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 the things that quote unquote could derail it. But let me be clear. If COVID COVID in relation to sport has proven one thing that we all really understood, but we've got a real big explicit dose of it throughout this process. Money talks. I don't believe that the Olympics are going to be shut down at all, period, because there's too much money on the line. Now, how good of a team we can field and what that process looks like is ultimately going to come down to the things that we have currently discussed. But I don't see any scenario where the Olympics don't go off. I don't see any scenario where the Olympic trials don't go off. And the fact that we have competent adults who believe in science currently running the government, I think is going to push that a long way. I could totally see a situation where the Japanese powers that be or the IOC set up some kind of mandate that says, hey, the Olympics are happening, but you're not coming in unless you're vaccinated. And that might be a problem for certain people. I wouldn't be mad at them if they said that. But are athletes going to get pushed to the front of the line? Yeah, they will. The ones that make the team, they will. They'll figure it out. Um, first of all, that was a, a low blow saying you can't keep the U.S. sprinters out of bars. That was unfair. Um, <laughs> I, I, no, you, you, you have been. That's the not king. what I was trying to say. Hold on, hold on a second. That's what came out of your mouth. So we're gonna go all the way back to Joe Kovacs. You've just been disrespecting people right. for the last month. I don't know what your problem is. So right. I'm gonna pray. I mean, I'm gonna pray for you though. So I mean, it ain't um, like I'm telling. It ain't like I'm telling lies. Uh, but just just the sprinters. There's nobody else. But anyway, so I didn't want to take up all the time. Anyway, so leadership. <laughs> you know, having a solid plan, having a way to move forward. Um, sacrifices um, with proper leadership, with proper sacrifice, these things can be done. Um, I disagree with you a little bit, Clyde. I, I don't think that if there's no way, unless there's uh, some safety protocols put in that guarantee, or at least that should guarantee the bad word that lessens the issues that were caused by putting the whole world in um, Tokyo, I mean, it's not gonna be the Olympics. There's no way you're gonna bring all those people together and put all those people's lives at risk unless there's you know, much better protocols and stuff that are going on right now. I don't care how much money you have. You know, you can talk about the money with college football. We play college football, but most of them were in front of little to no stands, no fans. You know, same thing we're doing with college basketball, you know, so Controlling a college basketball game, controlling a college football game or volleyball or something like that is very simple. But controlling the world ascending upon one, one community, that's a whole different deal. So in my opinion, unless things get a lot better, and I do mean a lot better, I just don't, it's not going to happen. You know, am I rooting for it to happen? Absolutely. As far as the U.S. team, oh, if, if it happens, it's going to be a great team. It's just what the USA does. You know, when's, when's the USA had a bad looking team? So I'm not I'm not worried about whether we feel a great team or not. I'm just you know concerned about whether or not there's, there's going to be safe enough 
for us to go over there and have the games. And I, I just don't think that anybody's going to bring the whole world together if the things don't get better. Don't don't you, know, you don't you think that they'd be willing to put the Olympics on without the fans? Because the I'm, real money is the TV. Yeah, I'm not I'm not worried about the fans not being able to be there. Yeah. I mean, even even all the athletes. I mean, like I, I agree with you. If all the athletes have been vaccinated, vaccinated, I mean, yeah, that's a different deal. But if the if the if better control of this you know virus and the pandemic, why would we all go to Tokyo? You know. Fans, are you healthy. know, Clyde said this before, and and I heard it the first time, and I thought about it quickly. But then we we were talking about so many other things. Like I, I think he's right. I think some semblance, some understanding of a bubble is probably going to be paramount, right? Like I think the way it works. That I think that I think that you know we we've, we've always gone over <laughs> to the Olympics. So like you know like when the Olympics are not on this continent, we've always gone over to that continent a week or two weeks before the village opens and then we're in the village for 16 days i i, I think that's going to be the minimum mandate right like i think we're going to have to i think the village is going to be open longer and i think that's going to be the bubble right and i think that like basically upon entry into the bubble you either have to be vaccinated and or tested you're probably going to have to be tested every single day and you probably aren't going to be allowed to leave the village other than to compete, well, right? Because I'm, because because you can do I'm gonna that. Say this, I'm going to say this to you. Our trials are probably at this point about they're less than 20 weeks away. I know that. Oh yeah. And there's no plan in place. There doesn't even talk of a plan. So like like even right now, are you comfortable going to the trials? Uh, well. I'm comfortable going be. to the trials because, and, and, and this is going to sound crazy, I'm comfortable going to the trials because as it stands today, I haven't seen any reports of track meet massive spread type of situations, right? We got track meets going on. We got track meets going on at the high school level, the collegiate level, not all of them, but they're happening. And at the professional level and that doesn't seem to be super spreader type events. Uh, I mean, even look at the process that ATL is doing. They bring them in, they get them tested. They've had to pull some people out like, hey, test ain't good. Sorry, got to handle your business. But because those things are happening, I'm comfortable going to the trials. That's me. You know, again, our, our sport is if, it, if there's a if there's a sport to do socially distant protocols, it's ours, you know. Yeah, it, it being outside and and the ease at which you can handle the socially distanced thing in our sport helps a lot. I'll tell you the one thing that I listen, I hope this doesn't happen, but I I mean, the math says it's going to happen. There's going to be somebody who is a medal contender who tests positive for COVID at the trials. And, and the unfortunate part about that, right, is that they're not only going to take themselves out of the trials, they're going to take people with them in close contact. And that's mm. what I mean. That's what I mean about yeah. us team. Like that's where it becomes problematic, right? Like, you know, like that's gonna be very difficult because at the end of the day, like close contact is what it is. And, yeah. and there's no like a ways around that, 
right? <laughs> so it's like, if someone, if you're doing all the things right, but unfortunately you are in a situation where you're in close contact with someone who then tests positive, like your Olympic team status will be affected by that. And well, that's, and, and honestly, that's the danger of all this, right? Like, cause it can probably happen. I'm not wishing no. it. I'm not hoping it. I just, like, I know that's one of the issues that we have to deal with. Oh, it could absolutely happen. And the crazy thing is, that's not what I meant, at least consciously, when I said, what kind of team can we field? But damn, I think that's what I meant. Because <laughs> think about it, at the pro level, most like, you know, especially, you know, in this, on the sprints hurdle side, like it's pockets of training groups, right? Well, mm -hmm. if, tra if one person in training group X knocks out the whole training group, now what kind of field, what kind of team are we really going to field here? Like that, you know, depending on what group we're talking about, like that can screw up a lot of stuff. So it's, it's all. I mean, based, based on the commercials, commercials, right? If somebody in Tumbleweed, if somebody in Tumbleweed tested positive for COVID, like we're talking about like 15 nations. <laughs> right. Yeah, sure. Well, yeah. Look, look, to, to the credit of all the, the big training groups, those guys are getting tested regularly. Yeah, they're uh, doing a great so job. I, I, I'm, I'm not concerned about big spreads within those things. And they, the, everybody's had some issues, but I, I don't, you know, maybe one person here or there, but I don't see this big thing taking out the whole U.S. team. I don't. Now, now, I, no. I don't. I, I, I'll tell you what. I don't like. I don't like Lucius, who is definitely in the know since he's on the damn staff. I don't. I don't like his report that there is no plan in place right now. That's yeah, I'm not, not, not. I'm not I happy with like that. Should, I felt like they was working on that. So if they ain't working on that, that's a problem. <sighs> yeah. I, I think the reason why all this came to my head, right, was like, we all wanted to see Fred Curley this past weekend, especially after Michael Cherry dropped at that time. And then we couldn't, right? Lewis Johnson, we know, like we, we all know Lewis. We all know Lewis plays by the rules and does things the right way, right? Lewis Johnson couldn't do his job because he, as he put it, like out of the blue, got a, po a positive COVID test. Like he has no idea really how, how it happened. Yeah. But at the end, but at the end of the day, right? Like if you look at close contact, like if that happened while he was there, then like now we don't have, we don't have anybody to like meet. Like it's just the key to all of this is for everybody. Why to did, like why didn't Frank keep your guard up? Why didn't Frank Curry run? Actually, they didn't actually say. So like no, I, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm not even going to make the assumption that it was COVID. I would just, it made me think about it. Does that okay. make sense? Like, I don't, okay, if I it, it, yeah, it, I, and I'm not, and I, I definitely want to state this for the record. I'm not inferring that Fred Curley got COVID. That's, that's but the it, way it came out. But I just I, and that's why I'm glad you said something so I can clear that up. I wasn't trying to imply that. I'm just saying like, that could be a thing, right? Because didn't that happen in the ATL meet the week before? Which is why uh, yes, that did happen the week before. Yeah. Uh, 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 Donovan Brazier didn't run, <laughs> and yeah. someone else. A female, I can't remember who it is. Female half miler didn't run. Yeah. Now, uh, and maybe maybe this is a regional bias kind of thing, but there is there is science behind it, right? So, if you look at the per capita numbers, and then you look at you know, random kind of data sets, I feel better that the trials are supposed to happen in Eugene. Like one of the mind blowing stats to me this past week that came out, do y'all realize the Seattle Seahawks had not one COVID incident throughout this whole NFL process? 
That's crazy. That's amazing considering where they live. Right. Considering it was originally one of the hotbeds, but because the leadership in that state had been handling things so well, they were able to handle it better than everybody else. The Pacific Northwest per capita has done an amazing job with this. And the fact that the meat's supposed to be in Oregon and the leadership around that state have handled things well makes me feel better about it. If the trials were supposed to be, if the trials were supposed to be in Florida this year, I'd be a little weird about it. They were supposed to be in Iowa this year. I feel a little weird about it. Why don't we put them in LA and nobody's going? Absolutely. Hey, there is that. Pick it on Florida for them. Clyde is always picking on Florida, though. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. Florida, Florida picks on themselves. They make it easy. No, we do not. Uh, nope. Well, just, just so y'all know, in seven days, pitchers and catchers report to Florida and Arizona. Two hot spots. There it is. Oh <laughs> um, let's give Clyde his big birthday present with a big bow. And just give him this loft up, this Super Bowl talk. Let's give it oh to him. Let's, let's let him just the confetti go everywhere. Clyde, okay. it's I feel time. like we should just let him talk. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. No, no, no. <laughs> I am definitely going to sip some water and relax while I hear from y'all. I'll be in late. Go ahead. <clears throat> I mean, listen, at the end of the day, I... I Steal Sir Lucius's thunder because I know he's going to pontificate about Todd Bowles and Tampa's defense. So I'm gonna leave that alone. I'm just gonna say this: No one in the history of the world has ever been able to play quarterback running for their lives or from their back. And as good a quarterback, no, let me not disrespect the young man. As great a quarterback and talent as Patrick Mahomes is, when you say hike and then you have to avoid two dudes that aren't on your team, that makes football very difficult. Now, I'm not making any excuses. I'm not, right? If, if neither one of their offensive linemen are hurt, like, it's a different game. I'm not saying it's a different score. It's just a different game. But at the end of the day, when one offensive lineman tears his Achilles and that causes three dudes to now have to do a different job and you're playing one of the best def defensive lines in, in the game, like, that's a problem. The fact that they also came out with some receivers that seemed a little butt tight and a few other things, because at the end of the day, if you already know that you're shorthanded and your quarterback makes a Superman dive sideways and throws a dot in the face mask, like you need to be fired for that. And that happened not just once, that happened a couple of times. So at the end of the day, do I think that the, that the better team won? As proven on the field, I can't. I don't. I don't. I don't know how anybody could ever say that that wasn't true, right? Like, I mean, they look. They proved that, and so I, I look. Hats off. And and the and and the Bucks, they did the damn thing. And I mean, look, all the numbers are historical for Patrick Mahomes in a bad way, right? It's the first game he's not thrown a touchdown since he's been in the NFL. First time he's not scored double digits. Like his team hasn't scored double digits. First time his team has been beaten by double digits. The funny part is they did keep up one stat. It has still taken, on average, 31 points to beat a Patrick Mahomes quarterback's team. Sir Lucius. 
Oh, so, oh, it's my turn now. <laughs> okay, so before we start the Tom Brady love fest, let me let me, let me be clear. On that. Which we know oh, is because, coming because we know it's coming. And, and 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 look, so to steal a little bit of your thunder, okay, you you can't discount a man that plays in ten Super Bowls, and you can't discount a man that's done the things he's done. Okay, he's the goat. We'll give him that. That okay. Um, I'm a little curious. Lamar didn't why give him that. What did you say? Lamar didn't give him that. Just, just okay. <laughs> I gave um, him that so, last week. He's the goat. So I'm little. I'm if, in my opinion, and I'm obviously no football expert. The Tampa Bay defense was the MVP of the playoffs from start to bottom, from start to finish. Um, the last part of the year, they were. Um, you give Tom, you give Tom Brady credit. He played a phenomenal game. You know, he had a great year. He's a great leader. Um, Tampa Bay won the football game. They're the best team on the field. No excuses. You know, just they won the game. And so now the love fest may begin. <laughs> I mean, this, are y'all hating? Because I feel like y'all are this, this, this is weak. Listen, listen. Oh, I love y'all both. We, we, we cow. Tampa Bay won the game, right? Right. What do you, what do you, what, well, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to say? It's, it's not, it's fine. As okay, like I, okay say, I, gave, I gave your boy credit for being a GOAT. I gave sir. him credit for being a great leader. Okay. <laughs> I did not, I, but I will not discount the fact that the defense was phenomenal. This is not going to discount that. I mean, like, it's just what just said. Before, like before the Bra- the Brady the Brady mouth hug, I would like to say, oh my gosh. Byron left, which never gets any credit. Like I'm so confused by that. Pause. Okay, pause, pause, because you 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 you're gonna go all in in different directions. Okay. No, no, I just no. That's <laughs> no, no, just no, one no. of those look, questions wait a minute, that hold on. like nobody brought his name hey. up until after the Super Bowl was over. Hey, look, hey, listen. I'm you know, hey, you know, we're getting a little bit long in the tooth here. Can we? Hey, I'm, I'm trying. I get. I wanted to give y'all the floor. There's a few things I'd like to, I'd like to point out. First of all, we've had a few contests in the history of the LLC. One way or another, I've won them all. I just <laughs> would like to put that out there. I've won them all. So, oh my God! Yeah. So, okay, Lamar, are we dis- are we discussing the Super Bowl? Are we, are we discussing the Super Bowl? Are we discussing? Are we discussing, are we discussing oh, you NFL, and your diaper dandies that know nothing about track and field? NFL okay, Pick'em contest, LLC style, is the latest in the undefeated streak that is Clyde. Because okay, okay, you did not, you there's no way you won last last week's polls. There's no way. All because oh, you're not undefeated. That, you're yeah, not undefeated. I don't know. There's no way. If you won last week's polls, then we're not. Yeah, there's no chance. There's no hey, way you won last week's polls. All the listen, all the votes that we have tabulated, I'm the winner. Well, those have been tabulated, so we're gonna okay. tell you in a minute. So you're not undefeated all anymore. Right, that's so cool. stop spinning. So, Look, come undefeated. on, come now, on, Brady Bunch, let's go. I was silent. I'm waiting on y'all to be. No, well, then, well, then talk about the Super Bowl. If we talk about the idiocy of you're undefeated on the LLC. Jeez. Oh my God. Oh, I was taking that. I was taking that one. Now. As it pertains to the Super Bowl, unlike y'all, you you think that you know what I'm going to say. You don't. Let me be clear as it pertains to the defense. I can make the Tampa Bay 2020 defense is not the greatest defense of all time. For me, that's that's the 2000 Ravens. Some people would say the 85 Bears, whatever. However, I can make the case that that defensive performance is the best in Super Bowl history. 
There's all kinds of stats to back that up. The defense was phenomenal at a level, at many levels, never before seen in a Super Bowl. So props to Todd Bowles. Props to the defensive players on the Tampa Bay Bucks. And me personally, my favorite person to watch was Devin White, monster, been playing phenomenal all playoffs. To a man, everybody on that defense that has chosen to step out and speak, they have all said that the difference, the reason they have the ring is Tom Brady. All of them on the defense. So the defense needed Tom Brady and anybody that knows a little bit about football knows what efficient, great quarterback play does to assist a good defense. The game itself, I found to be hilarious. The, the, the scourge of the NFL hiring process was all the news about why isn't Eric Bieniemy getting hired? And listen, I like Eric Bieniemy. I think he should have a job. But to Lamar's point, uh, the two best coaches, the two best people who need a new shot and a first shot at head coaches are Todd Bowles and Byron Leftwich. Because when the thing went left, uh, Eric Bieniemy looked like a deer in the headlights. No adjustments, no fixes. KC went out there trying to be arrogant. They said, you know what? We got Mahomes, we got Kelsey, we got the Cheetah, and we're going to do what we do. They didn't do anything to try to change the reality of what was going on. And my favorite part of the game, it wasn't Tom Brady setting a Super Bowl record for passing efficiency. It wasn't the three touchdowns. It wasn't the fact that Tom Brady threw, scored 31 points with all the people he brought to Tampa Bay, Gronk, Fournette, A.B., all Brady. None of that was my favorite part of the game. My favorite part of the game was how Tom Brady totally mind-screwed Tyron Matthews. He took control of that man's mind and had him out there looking ridiculous. So it was a curb stomping. It was an ultimate performance. That man just ran through the number two defense in the NFL, Hall of Fame quarterback, Hall of Fame quarterback, both M Super Bowl MVPs, and finished it off with the latest Super Bowl MVP and MVP of the league. All hail the GOAT, the football god, Tom can Brady. A, can, I ask, can I ask a question? Fantastic. May yes. I ask a question? Please. So did you, were you implying that they ran through every team they played in the playoffs? Yes, a simple yes they, or no. Simple yes or no. They ran through the quarterbacks that everybody okay, said so, were going to take second, out Tom second. Brady. Okay, a simple yes or no. Are you saying that they ran through every team that they played? Simple Pretty yes much. or no. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I still, no, still didn't hear yes or no. Yes or no. Yes. Yes. <laughs> At no point <laughs> in the playoffs <laughs> was Tampa Bay in danger hey, of hey, losing. Hey, None hey, of them. Okay. None of them. Okay. And here I got news for you. Since we're almost up to year one, I'm telling you right now, he gonna win it again next year. Oh my God! I'm all, I'm in. I'm in for that. I'm in for that. And, 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 and Lamar. One thing, because you spent most of your time talking about Patrick Mahomes, who I am a fan of, who I think might be the most talented human to play the position. He's definitely more talented than Aaron Rodgers. He definitely was running for his life. You know, his numbers were god-awful, but a lot of that wasn't his fault. But I will say this, he didn't necessarily play well. And that's two Super Bowls, he ain't necessarily played well. He got outplayed by Jimmy G, 
for three quarters last year. So all this, he going to win four, five, six. Yeah, y'all might want to pump the brakes on this fake dynasty that everybody thought was coming in KC. First of all, I'm going to say this right now in response to that nonsense. I'm definitely not pumping the brakes on anything. And Patrick Mahomes is absolutely coming for all the smoke that he needs to come for. And look, I'm going to say this again. I've seen Tom Brady look absolutely terrible. You know when? When he was running for his life. I've seen Pat. So, so at the end of the day, like we're not even going to act like anything that negatively happened to Patrick Mahomes in this Super Bowl is his fault. Because if you snap the ball and then you have to run for your life, that is not quarterbacking. I, I'm good with all and, of that. And, and also, the one to, thing, to, the one thing another, he's not so, coming so all, for. All I want to say is this, guys. Look, okay. Kansas City, I mean, Kansas City, they got beat. They got beat bad. Tampa Bay won the damn football game. But we don't need to be picking on Eric Bieniemy and all this stuff. You know, the man was playing, they were playing shorthanded. Two of his better linemen were out. You know, if, if, you know, hey, look, just tell him. Two run of the ball. Better linemen were out. Huh? Run the ball. Is that, you mean to run the ball? The two of his linemen were out. And see, that's oh, easy for you to sit you there. You can't and, run and, the ball. And, and it's easy for you to sit there and say, and running pass judgment. You're not, okay. I'm just saying that it's unfair for you to, to, to throw darts at that man. But anyway, that's Why? what you do. Why I can't throw because, darts at the game plan? Because, they were averaging because, seven yards a carry. They could have ran the ball. They were averaging seven yards a carry with one of the best left tackles in the game, and he tore his Achilles in the third no, no, to no, last no, play no, of no, the no, last no, game. No, 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 sir. No, no, no. They were averaging seven yards a carry in the Super Bowl. So half of that, look, let's let, let, let's let's not, let's, let's, okay, look, act, let's not act okay, like we didn't watch two, the game. Two, what, what's the next subject? Did you so watch I, the I, game? I, I'm not, <laughs> yes, I am I not doing in this. Okay, look, we are done with Super Bowl talk. Tampa Bay won the game. Get Brady to go. You're the leader of the Brady bunch. Let's move on. Because there's nothing, there's nothing to be said. You're just going to make any Here's, sense. Congratulations. Last you was, did a great I'm job. I'm happy for Tom Brady. And you won. He, he did a wonderful job. You know, go, <laughs> go Bucks. Go away. Do something. But let's, let's move on, please. <laughs> well, with that being said, congratulations to the Bucks for winning the Super Bowl. Now let's play some hot seat. <laughs> what you're all really here for in this conversation anyway. So. Yes. We um, I got my well ducks done, in a row. Well done, Clyde. Well done. <laughs> Um, I got my ducks in a row this week. Sir Lucius, you are you are on fire on the rear end right now. So Uh-oh. I know. And again, you know, these get harder. I hope this is challenging for you. So we shall see. I know. See, oh, I think I'm going to get you. I think I am. Okay. All right. You ready, sir? All right. Here we go. Favorite Super Bowl food. I don't have one. No. Oh. Describe so, your. So, 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 so I will elaborate on that. Like, to be honest with you, like, I'm not a big Super Bowl guy. Like, got it. I've been asked, like, what are you doing for the Super Bowl? Um, probably going to fall asleep on it at some point. So. <laughs> Two, here's how you amend that question. Lucius, what's your favorite Sunday food? There, yeah, I can do that. Outback Steakhouse. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Lucius. I knew that. <laughs> Lucius. Yeah. All right. Um, describe your go-to meat attire. Like, do you have a favorite polo, pair of pants? Oh, yes, I know this answer. This is good. <laughs> you, what do you do? My favorite meat attire? Like, is a big meat, a little meat? Uh, the without doubt. Whether the, the 
the caliber. Oh, I mean, I mean, okay, look, anybody that knows me, like, final day of the NCAA championships, I've got all white. That's that's what that's what we do. Love it. Let's elaborate we, uh, further. You wear what your team wears. Exactly. Whatever color my team they has got four on. Four different I colors. Wears that color. Right. And on the final day of any championship, we've got all white. I love it. Okay. Because as, as Curtis Fry loves to say, how's he put it? You know the Gators are right when they show up wearing white. That's, that's Ooh. Curtis Fry. Ooh, that's Curtis Fry. Put that on a shirt. Put it yeah, on a Curtis shirt. Fry. Yeah. On a white shirt at that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Skittles or M&M's? M&M's. Peanut. Okay. Okay. I was going to say, we have to take that one step further. Peanut and yeah. M's. Got it. Okay. Standing at the cooler, what color Gatorade are you grabbing? Hmm. Let's see. Oh, I don't, I don't even know what color it is. The citrus. Okay. Mike's favorite flavor. <laughs> um, when you were a kid, what did you want to be? Lawyer. When you grew up, a lawyer. Ooh. Yeah. I see that. I see that. All right. Final question. In the game of Wheel of Fortune, you're in the bonus round. What are your three letters and the vowel? R S T L N E are off the board. R S T L N E are off the board. I'm gonna take Oh, what's off the board again? R S T L N E. I don't okay, watch Wheel of Fortune or anything. How many? How many do I get? Three letters or three consonants, one vowel. Okay, I'm gonna take the I. I'm gonna take the M. Is S? You said S was gone. Correct. Okay, so I'm gonna take the <laughs> M. This is harder than, than you think. <laughs> I'm gonna take the M. No, I'm not taking the I, that's for sure. <laughs> I'm gonna take the B, the M, and the D. Got it. I love it. You have survived, sir. That was odd. <laughs> it was. That was a good but, one though. That was but a good I, one. I have to ask, I have to ask while we're still rolling, because I've been wondering this for years and with all due respect, Lucius is old enough, he probably knows the answer to this. So the white uniforms, I know, everybody knows like Florida final day, you wearing white, but everybody tries to do that shit now. And it makes <laughs> it weird because you can't really tell who's who unless, you know, unless you're a super nerd. So who started the white trend? And if it was you, what do you think about all of this? Because me personally, I'm like, Wear white on day one and wear your colors on the second day so we can know who's who. <laughs> well, um, I, <laughs> I got nothing. I, I'm not sure that we started it, but I, I think we've been LSU doing it for started a long, it. Yeah, for a long time. Uh, but LSU doesn't wear white. The women used to, but they were they, they were do. they were so gold. The women used the women used to. That's that's yeah, where I gold. think so it like, started. I, yeah, so like we started that back in the early 2000s i guess and it's just been a tradition you know because because i know in the late 90s we always wore black on the final day and i remember in like the early 2000s when i switched i said why are you switching I'm like we haven't won anything wearing black so why we keep doing it <laughs> there you go <laughs> and, 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 and why and you know if you're at the, if you're at the meet that's one thing 
if you're watching the SEC championships on TV, indoor or outdoor, and it's the final day, half six or seven of the schools are all in white. I'm like, <laughs> no, they're not. you're making okay. that up. All right, watch. <laughs> yes, they are. Oh, no. Oh, oh, they won't be Alabama, now. <laughs> Arkansas, everybody's in white. Arkansas wears red. They don't wear white. Alabama does. Y'all do. Uh, Kentucky has tried that a couple times. So Kentucky wears right. like, like gray. Colors on. <laughs> well, see, but see, okay. So it, it was interesting because an announcer who we all know, so I won't mention said person's name, complained once that we change uniforms a lot. Hmm. And he asked me why. And I said, well, it's just what we do. It's part of our culture here. And I said, I'm not sure what the problem is because there's lane assignments and it says Florida across our chest. So <laughs> why? Like, is it a problem? Figure it out. Yeah. So it's the same thing that you're saying everybody's got on white. It says the name of the school across the chest. And there's a hip number that tells you what lane they're in. So. Oh, trust me. If I'm in the booth, I'm getting it right. But right. I ain't. So. <laughs> and, you, and you're still getting it right. Because because no matter who's in the race, you know who it is. You're just being contrary right now. That's funny. <laughs> so I, I have I have a question, Sir Lucius. It, is there a set order? Like, do you go black, blue, orange, white, or is it just whites the last day? No, like whites, tigers, whites all, red on Sunday. Whites always the last day. Right. So I'm there, saying, there, is there, there, is there, was, there was a set order for the other went, three? There was one year we just we went a different variation of white every day. We didn't like that, so we just went. So like. Back when it was a four-day competition, we competed every day. Like we might go, we go orange, black, blue, white. That was the that was the, the combination. But now that it's just two days, um, the men usually wear blue and then white, or black and then white, and the women always wear blue and then orange. The women don't wear white anymore. You typically they don't. Got it. See, learn something new every week. <laughs> well, um, we will go ahead and round out the show. I do have to make an announcement. I did fail at my job on the four by four polls. I did not post them. So I will make sure that happens now. So oh, you're undefeated you for one more week. For one yes. more week. We'll I will find make sure out. that goes up. That, that will find out. Meetings. You find <laughs> out. I mean, let's just be honest. She forgot to post the four by four polls because she didn't want anybody to oh see her gosh. four by four team. No, no, I have no problem. I got plenty of texts asking what the heck I was doing. <laughs> I had no problem. Listen, I'm sure that Fred Curley is a good young man, but he is not better at anything in track and field than Quincy Watts. <laughs> listen, we we've made it clear that you know we've got to work with big league on her for her. Yes, picking. yes, for sure. Or drafting and order skills, and we'll and we'll get you better at that, Big League. I'll, I'll have for sure. Oh man, oh, Big League, man. don't let them do um, that to you. Don't let them. Do that let them. Listen. I, wasn't, so in every wasn't I just league, in full support of you, Big League? Listen, in every fantasy yeah. league, there's a person in your position, and you make it fun, and we all appreciate you. <laughs> that is very true. There so, you have so it. I would like to propose this for next week because I know this is going to be. Far tougher, so I would like to give everybody a week to prepare. Oh, my gosh. Okay? Next week, we are going to have a fantasy five-member dodgeball team. One member, at the very least, must be female. They can play any sport. 
Dodgeball? Dodgeball. He gets, the, um, he gets a leg up because he already did this. I have stain. <laughs> I'm going to say, we're going to figure that out off camera. And I need to yeah. know if it's like ghetto rules or school rules. <laughs> Real rules of dodgeball. The ball start out in the oh, middle. Bodies. If you can dodge a screwdriver, you can that. dodge a ball. Y'all have fun. I'll, I'll, I'll watch y'all do that. Oh. You are going to be involved, sir. Oh you like gosh. enough sports? You can work on him off camera. So Go ahead, too. I know. Let's wrap up um, with our heartbeat props. So if you're new to the show, we want to give our praises and, and acknowledge those who have helped us get to where we are today as present beings um, while they can still hear them and, and receive them. So do we have anybody jumping out of their seats to say thank you? Wow, you froze on this day. You uh, froze, so just <laughs> we're kidding. good now. Just I lied. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just talking to myself. Um, is there anybody who's jumping out of their seats to acknowledge their heartbeat props this week? Um, I'll, I'll go first. Mine is uh, pretty straightforward. Um, as announced earlier, uh, it just so happens that our taping of this show has fallen on my uh, 40th birthday. Um, as, as I said on one of my social media platforms, if I'm being honest, I never really thought I'd make it to C40. Uh, and so it's a, it's a crazy day and a, a very reflective milestone for me. And I know that there's absolutely zero chance that I'm in forty, literally, physically, or emotionally without the women that have, you know, surrounded my life forever. Um, my grandmother, who is no longer here, my mother, my sister, and my soulmate. And without those women, there's no way I'm here and there's no way I am the person that I am today. So to to the, you know, my, my, my real friends and all the phenomenal women in my life that I've been lucky to encounter and have around as long as I have, thank you. Happy birthday once again, sir. Happy birthday, sir. Happy um, birthday to you. Oh, there it is. See? There it is. You got it again. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Um, you know what? I'm inspired by that. I, I, I'll go. Um, I will say this. I know for sure that, that my heartbeat props does not watch this show, um, spends almost no time on the internet. So I will definitely have to like, in, I'll have to instruct him on how to find this, but um, my heartbeat props go out to to my uncle, uh, my uncle William B. Gay, and yes, that is his name. Um, I, I know. Trust me, he's been that guy. And and it's funny, we you know we we used to all sit together for Thanksgiving, and there was a guy that played for the Lions named named William Gay, and so we it was it was actually kind of cool. So anyway, um, you know. Growing up the way I grew up, um, my dad and I are really close now, but my dad and I were not close really at all when I was a kid. And so my grandfather was, for, was my de facto dad and my mom was my dad and all those other things. But the one constant in my life was like, my uncle was always my uncle. And like, when I was like six years old, he like pulled me aside and he's like, listen, this is my job. You're my nephew. You know, I'm gonna do this, this, this for you. And like, if you ever need me, like, right. And the funny part is like, when I go back and think about it as a, you know, from young to two days ago, 
he's always passed on wisdom to me and, and taught me things in a, in a strange way. Um, my first, like, you got to be a man when, when you're facing obstacles thing is like my, my uncle took me with him to go play basketball with all of his, all of his 30 and 40 something year old friends. I thought I was going to be on the side, like, you know, on my little own little hoop, like trying to shoot the ball. And I was 10. And then I was in the game playing with grown ass men. And, you know, of course I tried to go to the basket. I got fouled and slid three quarters away across the gym. And then they all got quiet and watched. If I was going to cry or get up. I got up. I wanted to call foul. And I got to look like you better not call foul because I wasn't bleeding. <laughs> and I was like, huh, okay, got it. And little lessons like that have kind of always been like our relationship. Um, my, my uncle has managed to teach me how to be worldly without really being worldly himself. Other than going to Vietnam, I don't think he's ever left this country. Um, and, but, uh, you know, what you, you get to, to be 50, since I'm a little older than our, our birthday boy, you start to realize that there have been certain constants in your life and, and what effects they've had on you because you, you find yourself regurgitating things that you've heard all your life uh, that you didn't even know you were listening to. So um, there's no question I would be whatever version of myself I fancy at this point in time, if it were not for one Mr. William B. Gay, my wonderful uncle, and uh, my heartbeat props go out to him. Um, I'm going to give my heartbeat props this week to um, uh, Coach Curtis Fry and his staff at the University of South Carolina. Um, we have been uh, blessed enough to be able to go there twice for track meets this year, and their professionalism their attention to detail, their attention to safety, and the well, the care and well-being of everyone involved with the meets that they put on was just phenomenal. Uh, and we've talked a lot on the show over the last few weeks about the phenomenal performances that some of the young people have put up across the world. And it would not happen without the efforts of people like Coach Fry and his staff and the things that they've done, done on a weekly basis. So my big shout out to Coach Fry. Um, that, again, we went there twice, wonderful experience, were very well done, very well run. And I thank you from the bottom of our hearts because we, we would not be where we are today without being able to go up there and compete in those two meets. So thank you guys. Um, I'll round out this section um, by giving my props to uh, my first championship team that I was on. And that was actually when I was still single digits and competing in karate competitions, karate tournaments, um, being on the demo team and and being the token Asian to do karate and, and perform in front of these people when the karate kid was big. Um, on that team, I was able to learn how to be a winner without knowing, because it's what we did. We, we sparred, we did our forms, we did all our things and we won because that's what was expected of us. And um, I don't doubt one moment that that's why I operate the way I do now, because I was taught how to do that. It, that was how you breathed is winning. And so the call the standard that I hold for the athletes that I work with currently and those who I've worked with in the past, you know, are held to that standard because that's what I knew. So I attribute to that. I attribute that to where we uh, participated at the School of the Tiger. And um, I don't even know the guy's last name anymore. That's how long ago it was, uh, but his name is Jerry. 
Uh, thank you to Sensei Jerry for teaching me how to operate as a winner and uh, doing it so well. So. Um, before we sign off, I'm sorry, don't be mad at me, but I, I have to embarrass Coach Chu. Um, no, 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 Save it, save it yeah. for a week. Nope, can't do it. So can't do it right now. Um, but we're going to end up- You don't even know what I was going to say. Well, in the risk of it, what, I, what it might we're, be. We're not going to find out. Yeah. Um, I just got silenced on my own show. This is I'm sorry. Just, this is when you got to run by you're me. Not, you're not sorry. You're not sorry. At least I didn't push mute this time. <laughs> so. Just, just, yeah, just be glad you're not in the same spot. She punched you in the head. <laughs> well, we're going to wrap up. We're going to allow Clyde to enjoy his big 4-0. Loving it. Loving it. Uh, Enjoy undisputed, it. Undisputed champ of the Clyde's retired campaign is Moms. I love it. That oh, is she's so awesome. killing it. She's killing it. And I, I couldn't put this one on because, you know, it's got my face on it. But look at it. It's got <laughs> my grandma awesome. in there. It's crazy. That is tremendous. Uh, that is awesome. Well, everyone have a great week. Safe travels to all those who are traveling. You know, now you've got some your candy, some eye candy to watch or listen to on your traveling out. So have a good one. Be safe, mask up, and we'll see you all soon. When the lights come on, the road just get to running. When the lights come on, the opponents smash the plumbing. Would you like it warm, hot, knife the butter? Truth pin them hard, knock them off that rebuttal. Tsunami, tidal wave to your puddle. Tough love punch you in the arms, little brothers. Athletics double, I'll see if there's no others. Track and field space and we'll to go further. Hey, Wiley, Coyote, it's Roadrunners. Feels like you know us, you've been with us the whole summer. If not for this quarantine, these four corners wouldn't be here, but we're here, so start learning. You gotta earn your stripes, gotta get your scars. Show you how to fight, but show us who you are. Lack experience, but still you wanna talk. And who is that you're talking to? Your circle's kinda small. Heads prevail when the backbone's strong. Gotta keep it coming, no won't last long. Pass it, failed and sell the sad song. And if you don't check yourself, then that's wrong. Just trying to give you the real that you asked for. So why you keep cutting us off to ask more? We put it in slow mode, but you fast forward. Athletics, devil, I'll see the task force.